Um, excellent. So we're, uh, we're excited to be able to gather. Um, I just want to tell you about a couple of other things that um, you may just be interested in. Um, tomorrow, um, we've got Rachel Turner coming to talk about how we lead and parent at the same time um, and that difficult balance on you will go to church because you're my child. Um, versus, so just looking at all the kind of dynamics that go alongside that. Um, and then we've also got a Q&A um, tomorrow afternoon um, with us, um, with Dave. Katie, myself, and um, Rachel Turner will be on that panel as well. Um, so please do come along to those. Um, and with the Q&A, just any, any questions you've got, do just um, come and ask those and we'll, we'll do our best to answer. But it may also be other experiences within the room um, that kind of chip in as well. So we've, we're trying to kind of learn this stuff together um, as, as we go through. We were um, just sat, the three of us were sat chatting um, this morning and we were just talking about how, how like, the, the things that we struggle with in children's ministry and we're not, we're not ever professing to get it all right or to know exactly what we're doing, but we're on a journey. Um, and looking at kind of as a movement how we equip um, one another as children's leaders, we've got the children's leaders conferences coming up. Um, so you may have seen that on the notices going around the loop. We have got some flyers that we are trying to track down. So they should be somewhere in the building. Um, so when we get those, we'll hand those out. Um, but the dates for those, just if you want to scribble it down, we've got the 8th and 9th. 9th of June, which is in Northern Ireland. If you want to fly over and come to Causeway, we're going to be uh, there. Um, and then we're going to be at St Albans on the 15th and 16th of June. So they're two weekends apart. Um, so do book into one of those. It's going to be a great time when um, we're just going to build each other up. We're going to learn. We're going to get some ministry. We're going to worship. Um, and hopefully um, we can um, together be built as better children's leaders across our movement. Um, so do, um, do come to that. If you want to talk to us about that, um, then please do. And I had one other thing. Oh, yeah, Ben McGregor is coming over. Dave, why don't you tell us about Ben? Were any of you at the, the, whenever we used to call it a retreat, and it was never a retreat, you know, it was like hard work. And, uh, and I, I had an intern from New Zealand come with me for a year. His name was Ben. He's from Grace Vineyard. Okay, uh, like I've been around for a long time, and this, this young lad, who's a bit older now, he is the closest person to Jesus I've ever met. Like literally, you know, and I know some Christ-like people. And uh, he's just, this, he's been an inspiration to me. My life has changed. I'm 50 this year. He's 21. Um, my life has changed because of the time I spent with Ben. He's, he was so inspirational, but because of his life. You know, if, if you can make it, I would say come because uh, you will be blessed. You will grow. He will love you. He will stretch you. He will encourage you. He will probably give you something. Right? He's just the most generous person. He, he would give away everything. His dad would, would hold back money from him because he knew that he would just give it away. He would, we, we took him on a youth camp. I'm sorry, I'm going on. We took him on a youth camp once. He gave all the youth's food away. There we go. Um, so it's going to be good. Um, so do, do book him for that. Um, we... Uh, sorry? I'm joking, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> 
Um, one other thing that we have just started um, is we've put together a Facebook group as well, um, Vineyard Children's Leaders, it's called. So search Facebook. Um, and it's um, we basically wanted a, a way that we could connect with one another. Um, we could ask um, questions of each other. We could share resources, um, all those kind of things that um, you, um, you may be sitting um, trying to plan something and you're just like, I really just need help with this or um, this is a situation we're presented with. How do other people deal with that? So if you want to jump onto the group um, and um, just um, uh, request to come on that group, we're going to really keep it um, to the movement for now, I think, um, and so we can be there to support one another within the movement. So do, do check that out. Okay, so today we're going to be looking at how we lead our children and um, and within the church context, but also how we empower parents to um, continue throughout the week in in that way of bringing up their children to know and love Jesus. Um, and we're gonna I'm gonna just quickly read a couple of verses from Deuteronomy chapter six. If you've got your Bibles, um, then and you want to turn to that, please do. Um, so we're reading from Deuteronomy chapter six, and we're gonna start at verse five. It says, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul." And with all your strength, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses um, and on your gates. Now, I read this and I thought, actually, there's so much that we can take from this, this just little passage. And, and I got quite excited about it. And as I look at us around this room, I guess you're, you're here because um, you're either involved in children's ministry or you lead a church and um, you um, have a passion to see kids grow and love Jesus um, or maybe involved in parenting ministry somewhere along the line. Um, but there is, there is this passion to see kids come to know Jesus and to um, experience Jesus. And um, the thing that we know um, biblically is that fundamentally the responsibility of bringing children up does lie with the parents, don't, doesn't it? Um, we know that to be the case. Um, so parents are to bring up their children to love Jesus. Um, but we get the massive privilege of having maybe an hour with them a week where we can invest and we can input into their lives. So today, as we just spend this short time together, um, we're going to look at kind of how we do both. We're going to have some practical examples as well. Um, and, and the things that we do. But there are also those children that come to our churches um, that maybe they don't have Christian f um, families. Um, so that one hour um, a week that we have with them is the most fundamental, important time for us to invest in their lives and equip them to live a life um, for Jesus. So that um, passage in Deuteronomy, um, it says that the bit that resounds with us all is love the Lord your God um, with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength. And that's, that's what we want for ourselves, don't we? We want that for our kids. We want that for our, our communities. Um, and we want to see this authentic love for Jesus that is just pouring out. So verse 6 goes on to say, um, for all of us, um, um, they need to be on our hearts. They need to be part of what we're doing. They need to be um, like 
just so ingrained in us um, that the love of God is overflowing. And then verse 7 is really interesting because it says then impress it on our children. And I started to um, just have a little think about what that means to impress it on to our children. So I looked it up um, and it, there, was a whole, there was a whole kind of um, um, different things that it said, but it said an impression on... Um, to have an impact, an influence, effect, leave a mark on, move, stir, excite, inspire, and galvanize. Now, I thought that was quite an interesting list. And one that stuck out for me was to galvanize on. Um, so to impress is to um, galvanize as well. So I looked up um, galvanizing, what galvanizing. Now, I kind of knew what it was, um, but didn't know um, a huge amount about it. And as I started to read it, I just thought, I so see God in this. So galvanizing, again, this is what I looked up, um, is um, the process of applying a protective zinc coating or ste on steel or iron to prevent it from rusting. The most common method is to hot dip galvanizing, which is to um, submerge it into molten zinc. And I love the fact that in that passage that we read, we see it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength. Um, and it's saying that we need to impress that on our children. We need to galvanize that on to our children. And that sense that if you take that galvanizing picture where it's protecting from the decay and the rust, if we are galvanizing um, that truth onto children, we are protecting them from the decay um, of the world, of sin, of all the things that can eat away at us and our children. Um, so hold, hold that um, in, in your mind as we, as we continue to think. And then as I looked into the galvanization process, as I just read to you, that um, the, the most common way is to do this kind of molten dipping in um, this, this steel or whatever it may be to completely coat it. And again, I thought, actually, as we look at how we work with our children um, and um, the things that we're trying to do with them, isn't that just a great picture of the, the way that we galvanize children um, to love the Lord their God is to immerse them. Immerse them in his presence. Immerse them in that place where they are just completely coated. Um, and that, just that picture of them rising up out of that being emerged in God's presence um, to be fully protected. Um, and actually when, when the rust of the world starts to, to face them, they've got this protective coating of Jesus. And I just thought that's amazing, isn't it? That's just such an amazing picture. Um, then the verses go on to talk about how it should be um, like in everything. So wherever you go, whatever you do, to be teaching um, our children and to be impressing it on them. I looked up some quotes. It says, if we don't teach our children to follow Christ, the world will teach them not to. Corrie ten Boom said, um, the best learning I had came from teaching, getting the kids involved, getting, and for us as well, we learn so much through our teaching, don't we? Children are great imitators, so give them something great to imitate. Um, teaching kids to count is fine, but teaching them what counts is best. And I just thought that, that were just some amazing quotes um, that really kind of stirred me to think, yes, come on, we can do this. Um, so what does it look like in children's ministry? How do we galvanize um, children in one hour a week? What does that look like? In a moment, um, Katie and Dave are going to come and just share some stories of just some stuff that has um, been happening in um, our churches and across the nation. 
Um, but then we're also going to be thinking about how we equip parents to continue that galvanization process, to continue impressing God's love on our children in the home as well. See, for us um, in St. Albans Vineyard, we try to be so intentional. Um, and just thinking about from our, from our babies, from birth, about how we're intentional about um, expressing the love of God to them, bringing the presence of God into that space um, from such an early age. Um, and Katie will tell us some amazing stuff that they're doing in that age bracket. And for us, we just really simply, um, we, we pray scripture over the children. Um, and we, um, we have a verse a week, and we are just immersing them in that presence of God. And we're praying a particular scripture over them and praying over those children. And again, like for the babies, it's such a great opportunity. They can't run away. Um, so you've got them there um, for, for an hour and you can, you can pray over them. Um, so um, so that, that's one amazing thing that we do. Another thing we do with our school age kids is um, we have our time of worship um, and our worship will um, have a kind of formula that we, we kind of run by um, just because it kind of works for us. So we'll have um, like an upbeat dance type um, song where the, um, we have a team of people that do dance worship with the kids. Um, and then um, we, we do a couple of songs like that. And then we do a kind of almost catching song, a song um, where the kids can um, soak in the presence of God and can listen to God um, and do and, and it's, a, it's a free space where they can um, they can choose um, what they're going to do so there's, there's options that they have so we have a big cross um, that is at the front and we've got some post-it notes and they can go and write and draw and stuff and, and pop it on the cross and um, we have an area where they can go and pick up a blanket um, which is very popular with the kids and they can just hide under the blanket or they can just wrap themselves around this in this blanket um, and just as though it's like a hug from God and they almost feel like the tension of that um, with, with God almost around them and surrounding them. Um, kids are free to lay on the floor, to stand, to sit, um, to do whatever they want, to, to be in the presence of God. And um, we, afterwards, we'll often ask them, what has God been saying to you? What, is, what, what do you feel? Did anyone have a picture? Um, and, and it's a great opportunity where the kids can just, they love speaking into a microphone anyway, don't they? Um, but just to, to be able to, to, for them to say something that they feel God has said to them in that moment from such a young age, um, even at, um, at school age kids. Um, anyway, so we had, um, so we were doing this moment where we were going in, we were transitioning into worship. Um, and that, that quote that I just said to you about how we, we need to kind of model um, what we're doing. Um, we, um, so the kids were going into this time where they were going to um, be catching. They were going to be sitting in the presence of God. And we had a, a preschool escapee. Okay, um, and um, it was the parents were in our kind of lounge area um, with the child, um, so they weren't under our care at this moment. Um, and um, the door was open to that area, which went, which goes into our school age area, which is still very secure. They can't get out of the building. Um, but this child that was three escaped from that area and went into what we call Ventureland for our school age kids, um, and was just kind of like waddling along as they do at the front. Um, all the kids are about to kind of enter into the Pentagon. There's this little three-year-old kind of toddling along. Um, at the at the front. And our children's pastor, Mana, um, rather than like going to like major panic mode, we need to get this kid out, we've got a kid in here, shouldn't be in here with her parents, nothing like that. She said, let's worship. Um, and she laid on the floor 
and um, just uh, face down, and she just worshipped. And that three-year-old just laid on the floor um, and just, just copied what she was doing. And I just thought that... Now, I don't, I don't know what was going through the three-year-old's head, but my hope is that actually there's, there's that laying in the presence of God. And it was such a simple thing. Um, and she just said, let's worship. And she laid in the presence of God, and that three-year-old carried on. And it's that modeling, isn't it? It's how are we modeling? What are we doing that shows our kids um, that, um, um, like the way that we enter to the presence of God? So they're immersed. They're being galvanized in that, in that one hour that we've got with them. Um, and that was just, just an example from worship. Um, guys, do you want to come up and um, we're, um, just, we'll talk about um, some stuff with church, and then we'll talk about parents. Uh, okay, so the whole thing of worship is it's not about me, right? And so I, I never want to teach our kids worship is all about how you, making you feel nice. Do you know what I mean? But the thing is, we're all made to worship. Does that make sense? So we all have this inbuilt thing of we, are, we will worship something. And whether it's your iPad or your uh, YouTube or whatever, the kids, are, they will worship something. So we, so sometimes we, we have kids, whether they're churched or unchurched. And to me, they're just kids, right? So I, I got rid of the church and unchurched variety years ago. They're just kids, and they're all created in the image of God to worship him. So I should always expect their hearts to connect with him, okay? So I have this expectation all the time. And, I, and uh, Katie's going to come and talk about the younger kids, but I just want to push in a little bit with some of the older kids and some of the, some of the things that go on. And, and I'm from Corso Coast Vineyard, and we're quite a big church, and we have... Maybe two or three hundred kids come every week, and it hasn't always been like that. And our groups are maybe broken down into 30 to 50 kids. <laughs> and there are times where you don't have enough team on, okay? Now, we, I have never had a worship team. Can I just tell you that? I, at Corso Coast Vineyard, and you've maybe heard some stories, that, uh, and if you haven't, I'd love to tell you some, um, of just the things that our kids get up to. But we have never had... I tell a lie. One morning we did have a worship team fright the life out of the kids. Okay, and it just hasn't hasn't worked for us. Do you know? And I'm not saying anything against worship teams because I that would be the dream, be the dream to have worship leader and all that stuff for my kids. Practically, it isn't what happens in our place. And so, firstly, let me free you up. If that's you, right? Do not feel you are failing if you do not have a kids worship team. If you have like 15 kids in the room and it's you and a couple of other team members, your kids can worship Jesus just as much as the kids at Hillsong with 2,000 kids in the room. Does that make sense? So here's, here's what I do. I, uh, I, I go onto YouTube, and I download YouTube songs, right? And uh, <clears throat> hand on my heart, often I just say, right, here's the songs we're going to do five minutes before as I arrive or whatever. You know, and we pick two songs or three songs, um, and some of them are jumpy up and down songs, and a lot of them are the quieter, stiller songs. Like you talked about, Kev. That, uh, and I'm not. I love. I love soaking a little bit, but I don't love soaking a lot, right? And so, so one one of the favourite songs, and whether these are church kids in church or kids in school, one of the favourite songs that we do is that "Look Upon the Lord." Anybody know that one? Carrie Job sings this song. He goes, look upon the Lord. <laughs> and these kids just experience Jesus when they're singing this song. There was one time we did it with a group of 20 kids, uh, one evening in their small group. And I looked down on one of the 
girls who was nine years old was lying on her face on the carpet. Now, I, I'm a kneeler. Do you know in worship, my, my, my best, best thing is my knees, and my knees are a bit sore. But I rarely sort of get down with my nose on the carpet, okay? I only do that when I'm either really upset, you know, something, something's gone wrong sort of thing. <laughs> do you know, I'm not a prostrate kind of guy. But this young girl was lying prostrate on the floor. And this was after singing, look upon the Lord, or during look upon the Lord. And I said to her after, so what, why were you on the floor? What was going on? Thinking, this is brilliant. You know, she's super spiritual. And she was my daughter too which makes it even better. And she's like, Dad, she says, I had to get on the floor because over here, and she pointed over here towards one of, um, one of our younger children's doors. She said, I saw this big angel. There's a big angel, right, standing at the door. Um, and we'd just done it off a YouTube clip, off the TV, okay? So wonderful as they are, you do not need a worship team to lead your kids in worship. Does that make sense? Often, the computer will go wrong. Do you know? It just does that thing where the wee circle thing comes on, and you're like, oh, no, not again. Right? And it'll do it. happened to us in school the other day. We were in school, and there was about 30 kids in the class one lunchtime, and uh, we were about to kick in with one of the songs, and the computer crashed. So this eight-year-old girl called Emma, she's like, I could sing, bless the Lord. Right, Emma, she's like she's eight, but she's really small for an eight-year-old. She looks more like a six-year-old. She got up in front of thirty kids, and and these kids, uh, she's P four. These kids are P four through to P seven. So there's eleven-year-olds, big kids in the class, class, and she just starts to sing, "Bless the Lord," and oh, you could have, you could have knocked me over with a feather. Do you know just the presence of God from this young child singing? Beautiful when. When we lead our kids, when we lead our kids, and Kev spoke on this, when we model it, what I find is this. If, if I'm at the front or whoever's leading at the front isn't engaging with the kids, the kids will copy them. But when we're engaged in worship, the kids will come too. Again, there was one school. I remember uh, worshiping from the front one, after, one afternoon. And it's a council estate school. So the you know, kids rough as rough as anything. And uh, and and I'm all got my arms in the air. You know, after a while your arms get tired, don't they? So I put them behind my head like this. And I just open me <laughs> open my eyes. And there's all these kids now, and they're like this <laughs> with their hands <laughs> behind their head. Do you know, and and modeling what we do is so significant. And I I often say to people, I you just have to leave your pride at the door. Which you do anyway, right? When you come to worship Jesus, you've got to lay, you're laying down your life and saying, Jesus, I am giving you everything I've got. Kev, thanks. Hi there. Um, I wanted to tell you a little bit about our preschool rooms. Um, Kev already mentioned um, about the babies. I always end up talking about the babies in our church. Um, so a thing that we've been doing this year, um, which links into worship, but isn't strictly only worship, but I'm going to share it anyway. Um, whenever my little girl was born, my youngest, she's 18 months now, um, I had put her in the Moses basket beside our bed. Um, and as I was putting her in it, I just felt the Lord say to me, you know, why is it called the Moses basket? So I just started 
kind of praying this through with God and, and thinking of the original Moses basket. And I felt the Lord just prompted me, well, what did Moses' mother pray when she put him in the Moses basket that first ever, ever time, you know? I felt, well, gosh, she must have prayed for salvation and deliverance, you know, um, and all these things, and that he would have a, a faith that would stick, um, and off Moses sailed. And I just felt in that moment, the Lord then said to me, well, what if... What if you prayed that for Annabeth every time you set her in the Moses basket? What might happen? It's like, oh, okay. So I popped her in the Moses basket and just declared over her, you know, that she would um, be saved for a purpose and that God would deliver her from the evil forces of the world. Um, and, I, you know, I just felt the Lord saying, pray that every single night. And then I got back into bed and was trying to do that thing where you're meant to sleep when your baby's sleeping. And then... I felt the Lord give me a picture of her Moses basket, but this time it was in our baby room at church, and we were putting all the babies into it and declaring over them, you're saved for a purpose and you're delivered for freedom um, and from the evils of this world, and the Lord was saying to pray over every baby. So anyway, I could do a sermon on this, so um, the quick bit of it is that we started doing this in our baby room. Um, and every week thinking up something different, like a truth that we wanted to declare over the babies, and it's been just so much fun. Um, this is our not to two-year-olds. They're all in the one room. We have, um, some weeks we have eight, and some weeks we have 18, so it kind of it goes like that sort of thing, usually in the teen teens would have so anyway the babies come and every week we just think of something that we can declare over their lives and it's really simple like one week we um in the corner of the room we had lots of construction toys like you know those soft rubbery building blocks for babies and stacking toys um and just um, we'd put prayer points around the room just as they were building. We just declared over them, you are a kingdom builder, you carry kingdom power. And every time they built them. And then another week we made paper chains and just like left them lying all around the toys. And of course they ripped them to bits. And every time they ripped them up, we just declared you break chains. You know, and it's like truth over them. And I just feel the Lord saying like, um, so start when they're born, you know, um, when they're really little on your Sunday mornings. I've nearly got a year's worth of this stuff. So I'm hoping to pop it online if it would help anyone else just to like hit print. Um, and there's a really simple activity every week and all the prayer points you pray and the parents read them as they come in so they can see it happening. Um, and I just believe that if we pray and worship with our babies um, every single week, week in, week out, that they will change this nation, you know, and we just um, need to open our Bibles and read what happens to babies in there who were super proud for babies, you know, like the Samsons of the world and Moses himself um, and John the Baptist and every baby that was extra proud for, like those babies were proud for more than other babies who were born at the same time. So what if in the vineyard, all the babies born into our movement got intentional, extra, super prayed for. Um, what would happen? Do you know? Um, we're just going to raise a generation of leaders. So I just wanted to share that with you guys to start as soon as they're born um, doing this stuff um, because we're going to see radical change. And of course, we'll not see it for a while yet. But what we are saying is we're praying for our babies and we're seeing them respond to the Holy Spirit. We're putting worship music on. And even the tiniest little babies, we're seeing them sometimes start to sway um, and respond um, visibly when we're, we're praying for them. And we're seeing answers to prayer um, and stories of healing happening as well so that's our baby room it's very very simple but I think it's very powerful 
So yeah, so that was that. Um, our next little age group up, we've got our twos and threes. Um, and the story I was going to tell was we have a leader, I'll smile at Heather, who's a children's pastor with me in Belfast, um, called Gemma. And she's, oh, is it okay to say she's hyper? This is recorded. <laughs> she would laugh if she heard that. Um, she's just about the most energetic person you'd ever meet. She runs this business, like a franchise called Jump, Jiggle and Jive. And she's just the most energetic person. And as soon as she comes in and starts worshiping, the kids, like this is twos and threes, they are jumping and singing and praising God. And like, you just feel the Holy Spirit come. But there was this one week that at the end of it, she just said to the children, I think we're meant to be really quiet um, before the Lord and he's going to speak to us about who we are. Um, so she just asked all the children to find a space. I was watching it. And even after 20 years of kids ministry, I was thinking, I don't think this is going to work, you know, because they've just been jumping around like mad things and they're like two. Um, but anyway, they found their own little space and sat down. Um, but what, what had happened was funny, was that a parent had come in, um, one of the children's dads, and he like, he was just kind of sitting on the edge watching what was happening. So she then, Gemma, invited the parents to come and take a space as well, and she just prayed that the Holy Spirit would increase his presence and, and f descend upon them. And this dad, he just like fell on the floor like he was sitting up he was just flat on the floor and it wasn't like a big power encounter it was just like this heavy blanket of the spirit just whoosh, like wished on him you know and he just lay there and he just didn't get up for the whole rest of the morning um and it's a bit cheeky but I was showing these guys a photo of him on my phone but he's seen it too he thinks it's funny so he said to me at the end that he only came in the twos and threes because his wife usually stayed they're, they're you know all kids they have this phase where they just need their mum and their dad and there's nothing you can do about it um we all have that time where we end up in kids ministry with our kids for a period of time um and so he was taking his turn um, not under duress, you know, but just he much would rather have not been there, you know. And he got up at the end. He was like, I cannot believe that I didn't want to come into this room. And I've had the most powerful encounter with the Lord that I've had maybe in my lifetime in the twos and threes. So don't be scared to worship. That was just with a CD player, you know, and some worship music on and asking kids to find a space. Um, and the presence of God came. So, Yeah. Super exciting. And we um, do have a, we've got such a wealth of experience, haven't we, across the movement where we can share those resources, like Katie was saying, a year's worth of stuff. And one thing she, um, she didn't mention, which she said to us earlier, was um, that they are pretty much zero prep every week. So that is music to our ears um, for those of us in children's ministry. That um, so, um, so do look out for that and we'll, we'll let you know um, when that's available. So as we, as we continue to think about this whole kind of galvanization process, um, so we, we've got our one hour where we impact um, in a week um, the children, and then they go home. Um, and what do we do? How do we equip parents and families to continue? Um, and what do we do to resource them? Um, so just again, some, some practical examples. Um, we, um, we send stuff out on email. So when we see a good resource, we send it out. So this Christmas, um, my um, sister-in-law gave my family um, this. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. It's um, called Indescribable by Louis Giglio. It's a 100-day devotion for kids. Has anyone seen that? 
It's phenomenal, honestly. Um, get it. It's um, on, online. It's about nine quid, something like that. Um, and it's 100 days of devotion. And do you know what the best thing about it is that when you look at devotion stuff for kids, and one of my biggest bugbears with um, a lot of stuff that's out there, it will cover creation. It will cover Moses. It will cover um, the classic stories every single one of them do the same thing. So you, by the time you then get onto your second book, um, you've done all these stories and the kids are kind of struggling. But this thing um, that Louis Giglio has put together is just phenomenal. Um, and it just looks at creation and the wonders that God has. It's um, deeply um, biblical. Um, and so it's a great resource. So we take things like that and we, we push it out to our parents um, via email or maybe a worship song that we've been doing. And, and, we'll, and, we'll, and we'll, push, we'll push that out as well. Um, when when I was, spoke earlier about our babies and how we pray over them, we use this um, um, this book. It's just an ABC of Bible verses, um, and so each week it's a different letter of the alphabet, and we we, we pray through that. And what we've done is we've then um, just created a simple little card that we give to parents with a picture on it um, and the verse, and this is what we've been praying over your kid today, so that as that parent goes home with their child they've then got a reference as to what has been done spiritually for that child that day and then maybe you can continue praying through the week um, that same prayer um, but again starting at the very kind of youngest age looking at how intentionally we can be engaging parents the other thing is is um, the is through teaching. Now, um, this week, um, our this last Sunday gone, our children's pastor Mana um, for school age kid did this teaching. Now, normally I don't know if you're if, if you're a parent as well, um, but um, I'm a parent. I've got two kids, a, a ten and a seven year old. And normally um, after Sunday, when um, I sit down at the um, at the dining room table and we have um, we have our lunch together, I say, "So, what did you learn today in Ventureland?" I don't know. Um, come on, there must be something. I uh, don't know. Um, and, and I'm sitting there thinking, come on, I actually know what's done because it's my job to know. Um, but you need to tell me what you've just learned. So we kind of try and prize it out. And my wife's got a little slip of paper that just explains each week we kind of give out with some information on what's been learned that day so parents do know and they don't have that kind of non-conversation with the kids. Uh, but anyway, this last Sunday, um, my um, Mana got the, um, these jelly, um, jelly beans. Um, and um, you know that you can get the normal ones that just taste amazing, and they're just like little lumps of sugar that just taste phenomenal. But apparently, and I never realized this, you can get also right, really disgusting flavored ones, like cheesy feet and vomit and things like that, that look exactly the same as the really nice ones. So what Mana did was she stood there, um, and she gave um, a, a child the two beans and she said choose one and eat it um, and um, and they could either be an amazingly tasteful one or a disgusting one we actually had a child throw up apparently on Sunday from it um, but apparently the parents were fine with that anyway so um, so there so there, there she is and so this kid's eating this like jelly bean that's vomit flavored and it's just like really gross and my daughter got a really disgusting one which she was incredibly um, indignant about um, and um, but she didn't get a nice one either so that was even worse for her um, but the thing is um, it was impacted the kids in such a massive way so the whole teaching if you want to know what the teaching was was how um, um, when um, the, the devil comes um, um, like a um, like a wolf in sheep's clothing to kill steal and destroy all those kind of things um, and actually how um, the world and may look so amazing, but actually it can be destructive. Um, so there, there's kind of loads of stuff you could bring out from that. But anyway, so when the thing that was so amazing about it was that my daughter, well, I sat down at the dinner table and I said, so what did you learn in Ventureland today? Now, my son is in an older group and wasn't there, but she had articulated what she had learned 
to my son, who then articulated it to me without any prompt from, my, from myself um, to ask questions. And I just thought, isn't that amazing? Um, the fact that we go from most conversations where they're like, I don't know, um, to the fact that they are so into it and excited. And as a parent, I can then carry that conversation on and I can ask some questions and, and we, can, we can discuss that. Um, so just thinking kind of creatively about what we do and to make that maximum impact. Okay, guys, have you got anything else? I, I kind of know how these things work because I've been to plenty. And I know that you, you, some of you are busy writing down thinking, I just need curriculum for Sunday and all this, that and the other. And so, so I've been thinking lately about, and this is me personally, what does it really mean to be a disciple of Jesus? What, what was it really like for those early days when Jesus the rabbi comes and chooses his Talmud or his disciples? And how, how would they feel? And then what was it like? You know, a little bit like Kev was saying, that what was it like when Peter and John, who were probably 17 or 18 or 15 even, you know, would go home after a day with Jesus and their mom would say, well, what happened today? Right? You can guarantee none of them were like, nothing much. Right? You can guarantee all of them were like, it was unbelievable. Mom, this man with leprosy. You know, and, and, I, and I've just thought, I need to contextualize these incredibly powerful stories of Jesus when I share them with the kids because they need to know what it was like for the originals because they are also disciples of Jesus and discipleship Jesus way wasn't just about content wasn't just about you know him sitting down with the disciples and him teaching them it was about the context the context was equally important so we we try and figure out how, how many ways can we take our kids into situations where they're going to grow, where they're going to experience the power of Jesus, not only that, but where they're going to get a chance to become like Jesus. Because that was the thing about disciples and his followers, right? It wasn't just what um, listening and learning. It was about doing, copying, and ultimately becoming like. And that's what, I, that's what we want to see in our kids, isn't it? We want to see little Jesuses, which is what the word Christian means, right? Little Christ. Um, we want to see people who are obsessed, and I choose that word carefully, obsessed with Jesus. Do you remember Delirious when they had that song, Obsession? just keeps coming back to me. I, I want to see a generation who are so in love with Jesus, they're not afraid of what people think. They're not afraid of failing. Uh, really quick story. We, we did this thing on Friday, just gone, where, um, again, we're thinking through how can we, how can we create a context for kids to grow, and we thought we'll, we'll call the old folks home, one of the old folks home in Coleraine, and we'll see if we can bring some kids in. And uh, so we called the old folks home, and we said, look, here's what we'd love to do. What would you like us to do? And so they said, well, the old folk love quizzes. So we thought, well, we could do a quiz. So we put it out, I put a text out to different parents, sort of tried to choose carefully, um, the parents had chose, but I probably sent out 20 texts. Friday afternoon comes around, we rock up at this old folks' home, and there are four kids pitch up, right? Four. So, but that was all right. And we're in this room with uh, these incredible older people. There's a fair bit of Alzheimer's in the room, too. So it was a bit wild. There was some shouting and some dinner. And we, and we did this quiz with them, which was a lot of fun. They weren't very good at it. The kids were better. Um, and then we decided that we would get the kids to sing to them, to do some worship. And we did three songs. 
We did Jesus Loves Me. Do you know the really old one that Noah used to do in the ark? And uh, I know he didn't because he didn't know Jesus. And, and that was powerful. Just one, one of the young girls brought a ukulele and she just strummed away. She wasn't overly confident, but it was enough. And these old people were like, oh, can we do that? Can we do that every time you come in? We haven't said anything about coming in anymore. And, uh, and, then, and then for the sake of the kids, we did that My Lighthouse one, you know, where the kids can do all the actions and all of that stuff. And that seemed to go down quite well. And then we did Reckless Love. Have you heard that one? Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, and I'm not, I'm not going. So we did that. And again, it's only through the TV and us singing with, with a handful of kids. And I caught this, out of the corner of my eye, there's this lady at the door looking in to see what's going on. And I thought, you don't look like a nurse and you don't look like a resident. And so, do you know, I, I always feel like, what, I, what am I doing wrong? You know, I've got to work through that guilt stuff. But... Um, <laughs> You know, what, what, is she going to come in and say something? Have we done something wrong? Well, at the end, we finished the song, and I said to the kids, I said, look, why don't you go and talk to the folk? And so these kids were so brave. They go, and they start to introduce themselves to these old folk. This lady, who must be mid-50s, she looks quite disheveled, um, quite scrawny-looking, if I can say that. She comes up to me and says, would you mind if I had a word with you? So I'm like, oh, for sure, you know what? What is it? And I introduced myself. She told me her name. And she said, I'm in visiting my mum. My mum's upstairs. She took a stroke back in July. And she's been paralyzed and she can't move. And none of my family want to come and visit. And it's just me. And then she started telling me about some of her family members who had died. And it just, she just built up this, this, this picture of the oppression that she was under. She was carrying the weight of the world. And so in, in this room where we'd rocked up with some kids to try and bless some old folks, I said to this lady, I said, well, look, can we pray for you? And I grabbed one of the, the girls from the team, and we got to pray for this lady. And then we said, you know, you can ask Jesus into your heart. You can know the peace and the joy that comes from Jesus. And so there and then in the middle of this old folks' home, with the kids around watching what was going on, we led this lady to the Lord. It was, it was just brilliant. But it's just creating opportunities. Do you know what I mean? It's just saying, Lord, we are going to do this. I don't know who's going to turn up, but we are going to create an opportunity for you to move. And when we do that, he does. And the kids get to see it. And that's priceless. And then the kids get to do it. Do you know what I mean? So discipleship for me with our kids, it's seeing, seeing the kids become obsessed with Jesus. Um, the only other little um, tip that I wanted to share um, in terms of leading our kids into worship, you know, in Belfast, our worship is really not perfect at the minute. We've actually been through a really, really hard phase. Um, we, a couple of years ago, had like bands every week and it's really stripped back for one reason or another. Um, some people had to move on and different things. So our worship's really simple at the minute. Um, it's really beautiful as well. Um, but a lot of the time, it's like one person and a keyboard or one person and a guitar. Um, really, really simple. But one thing that I have, I've said this before, and one thing I always notice is that a great way to, to just bring all our kids into worship is to um, start by talking to them about what it actually says in scripture about their worship and what it does. Um, so if you're just looking for a way to introduce it, we'll, we've done lessons recently um, in our nursery, nursery day. it's not P2s in England, is it? 
um, year ones, year year, yeah, our nursery school the year ones, um, where they all made crowns for their craft, and then we taught them in Revelation, and at the start of worship as a symbol, they all cast down their crowns, um, before Jesus, and it really, really impacted how they worship, you know, um, because they had this like physical action and also it was really rooted in God's word, you know, so they understood what happened and that they were coming before um, the throne of God um, to pour out their praises. Um, another week we've done them, um, like they've decorated stones and we've talked to them about how, you know, the stones will cry out. If you don't worship, it says in scripture, the stones will cry out and, you know, let's not have that happen. And they have shouted their praises, you know, um, to be, um, just so um, loud and um, you know we've done what you'll all have done like taught on Palm Sunday and they've waved their palm branches and we've talked to them about how it says in the Psalms and how Jesus said that um, when they worship it actually defeats the enemy um, and whenever you tell them that you know like Jesus says it's about your praise that when you worship you know it defeats the enemy they are worshipping like you've never seen. So, um, yeah, written things in scripture from in, from when they're very little the whole way through. Um, we have seen completely releases something powerful in the room um, in their response because Jesus said their praise did this, so they're going to do it and see it happen. So that's really cool. Um, I think we're going to finish off now, aren't we? But I'll just say one more thing about the prof- the prophecy. And um, we put a wee thing in the the program for this um every year usually we'll try and go into one of the rooms in kids ministry and just do a prophetic time in there um I mean we could run a seminar on how to prophesy for babies but it's just much better just to go and do it right so um during the second seminar am I saying the right one it's the second seminar slot tomorrow um, we're going to be in with the one-year-olds um, and we're just going to do prophetic ministry time in that room um, for a bit and we'll have a chat about how we go about doing that with our, our really little children. And they all have little cards in there anyway where prophetic words are recorded for the parents. So we'll just add to those, but we'll talk through what it actually looks like. And we'll go and we'll pray and we'll share words and you'll all hear from the Lord for our one-year-olds. So if anyone wants to do that... Um, if you could come and give me your name. A few people already have given their names in um, at the info desk out there, but we it won't be good if we bring 50 people in. Um, so we do need to have names. So if you're interested in that, would you come just at the end and give me your name um, and we'll arrange to meet up. That'd be really cool. Excellent. So in a minute, we're just going to um, do a little bit of ministry, um, pray, um, and just see what God wants to do. Um, so just in summary, um, let's, um, let's submerge our kids um, in the presence of God in every opportunity we have, um, putting those um, opportunities out there for parents to continue that. Um, and let us, um, um, let us be taking every opportunity we have in church to um, engage them in such a way where they can be in the presence of God. And then we're coating them with this this, this love of God that will just protect them. Um, and, and then when the enemy comes, um, they, will have, they will have the protection of, of God on them. Um, so um, hopefully that's helpful. We're, as I say, we've, we've got the Q&A we can come to, um, and we're around, so do, you can just grab us and chat to us. Uh, but why don't we stand? Uh, Dave and Katie are going to come and uh, join us, and um, I'll pray, and then we're going to just see what God wants to do. Okay. Come, Holy Spirit. Father God, I want to thank you um, for the privilege that it is to serve your church. 
um, and the privilege that we get to see um, your children grow in faith and passion for you. We get to see your children worship you, prophesy, um, and just everything that, that we know from you and the gifts that you give us, we see in our children. And we thank you that we can be part of that. And Lord, I pray that um, that you would help us, um, you would inspire us, you would, um, yeah, just give us the, the, the tools and the ideas and the people around us um, so that we can help galvanize our children um, in your love and your presence. So Lord, I pray for your spirit to come right now as we, as we give words and um, we, we speak out your truth um, and that you would, yeah, you would change us, Lord Jesus. More, Lord Jesus, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Um, I had um, a picture for, you'll have to open your eyes now, lady in the pink in the front. What's your name? Liz. Liz. Hi, Liz. <laughs> um, this may be the Lord and it may not be, so you can just and test it and all that. Um, the picture I had for you was um, you were sitting with the calculator and um, trying to work some things out. Um, and it was like I saw this equation and it just said like X plus Y plus Z equals kids meeting Jesus. Um, and I just was asking the Lord about that. And it just felt like that he was showing me that you're someone who like, you just know how things need to be. You know, um, and I, I think like maybe you're dissatisfied when you look at things and they aren't just quite right, you know, um, not according to formula and plan. Um, and he, you're um, a woman who he's given strategy to and the ability to work things out and make strategic calculations as to what needs to happen to make things run and make things happen for the children. Um, yeah, and he just showed me that you were like a strategic player in, in your church. Um, and also um, had this phrase that you couldn't have the will pulled over your eyes that you can see things exactly for what they are and nearly like that you know you'll take no prisoners sort of thing in a good way like as in you know if it's not the best for the kids you're just not interested you'll not have it um and just that he's going to start showing you exactly what they need um and it's okay to be almost a bit ruthless about cutting away the stuff that you don't need anymore so that the kids can strategically um, engage. So, yeah, I don't know if any of that makes sense at all, Liz, but yeah. So, yeah, Jesus, I just thank you for Liz, and I just pray now that you would come and um, increase her gift, and I just pray that you would um, give her more and more heavenly strategy, Jesus, um, and that you would show her what needs to happen. Um, to make things function, I just pray you'd increase your gifts of administration as well um, and process and like, you know, all those sorts of things that we actually need in order to do ministry in our churches. Yeah, I just pray and we give her the strategy of heaven so that the kingdom would come. Amen. Yeah, folks, I wonder, uh, is there someone or some of you feel like you're in this desolate place? Because I, I kind of feel like the Lord gave me a picture of just wasteland that was just rubble and maybe some ruins. And then I saw, like, life coming through. Do you know, like, like you'd see um, daffodils or, or snowdrops just beginning to burst through. And I feel like the Lord said, you may feel like you're desolate and in a desolate place, but you are so not. You, there is life coming, and you just need to keep, keep at it. You need to hang in there. Do you know that Galatians 6, 9, don't grow weary in doing good. 
because you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Just keep going because there is life coming. Lord Jesus, if that, if that resounds with anybody, could you just give me a wee wave because I'd love to pray real quick. Right, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are one who is the rebuilder of broken down walls. Lord, you are the one who brings life to desolate places. Lord, you are the one who, who breathes life. And so right now, Jesus, I thank you for each one of these people who have an incredible plan and purpose over their lives, Lord. Lord, that you have called them to breathe the life and light of Jesus into these areas, into the lives of these kids, Lord. Lord, I pray for significant turnaround in these coming days, Lord. Lord, even if it starts with, with small shoots of, of growth, Lord, I, I speak life in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you are the author of life. And Jesus, I, I, again, I just pray that you would help us become radical disciples. Lord, help us again to read those Gospels and to think, wow, that's me. That's writing my story. What would it be like for me to jump out of the boat when I see Jesus walking on the water? What would it be like when I see Jesus touching the untouchable? Oh, Lord. May I begin to do that even more, Lord. Lord, would you increase our faith? Would you increase our awareness of you, Holy Spirit, of your friendship, Holy Spirit? Holy Spirit, may we, may we be aware, even when we feel like we're doing this on our own, that we never are because we have the same Spirit who brooded over the waters of the earth at the very beginning right with us. Ah, and Lord, I speak freedom over this, over my brothers and sisters now, Lord. Father, freedom to to go and be who you've called them to be. Freedom to be incredible supermodels to a generation rising up. In Jesus' name. And just as, um, as we were praying, I was just really thinking that um, there's, um, there's people here that, again, um, just really struggling with something within the children's ministry. There's some kind of blockage that's stopping um, some of the stuff happening that we were talking about today. Um, so, Lord, I want to pray that um, if, if there's those of us um, that are here where there is um, something stopping the children's ministry developing, resources, people, um, time, whatever it may be, um, we break that in the name of Jesus um, and we say, um, we say, go have freedom to, to do all God has called you to do as, as children leaders and um, Lord we thank you that um, this is one of the most fundamental ministries in our churches um, and that we can do that and Lord we want to see your children rising up so Lord I pray that you would take away every barrier every um, thing that gets in the way that stops um, your children um, coming into your presence and we would see freedom in the name of Jesus and this lady here sorry your, what's your name Sarah, I had a picture for you. You were holding loads and loads of padlocks and I was asking the Lord what that was about and I felt him say that he, um, it was a security thing, that you were just such a secure person and that he had, um, they were like locks that were like the security of ch for children's hearts, nearly like hold the key holder for them um, and that you're so trusted and that you're just such a safe person that's what it is you're such a safe person um and that when kids just walk into your room they feel safe and secure just because you're in it you know um and that he's trusting you with that and he sees that on your life um yeah and because because of that because that's who you are there are lots of little people assigned to come around you and stay close so yeah thank you for sarah jesus thank you that she's safe and trustworthy and so secure and you can trust her with all these little um, hearts. Yeah, thank you that she's keeping so many kids safe.
I just pray that you bring to her some vulnerable kids as well um, and that they would trust her um, with their hearts and that she'd be able to introduce child after child to you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, I just pray that you'd open doors in front of her, that you'd unlock doors into homes where other people don't even have access to. And I just feel sorry you're someone that even parents who've never met you, they'll just see you and for no reason that you know of, they just trust you straight off, just... There's something about you that just shouts out trustworthy, you know, and because of that, um, you're going to gain access into some homes other people have not yet had access to and see the kingdom come with families. Yeah. Okay, guys, we're, I think we're going to need to...